Restaurant Unstoppable, episode 61. Welcome to RestaurantUnstoppable.com. Listen to successful restaurant professionals as they discuss the tools, tactics, and services they use to better lead, manage, and market their restaurants. Join our community and make your restaurant dreams unstoppable. Here's your host, Eric Cacciatore. Yo, what's going on, all you unstoppable restaurant professionals? It's your host, Eric Cacciatore, and this is the podcast for personal growth in the restaurant industry. And we do that by listening to the stories and taking the advice of some of the industry's most successful restaurant professionals. Today is Tuesday, which means it's Talking Tuesday, and today I'm going to be talking to you about delegation in the restaurant industry. Um, it's so important that we develop the skill to be able to delegate. Um, it's no secret that a lot of the people in our industry aren't the best delegators. Uh, they feel like they need to do everything, especially indie restaurant owners who just are there every day. They're the best. They, they know their restaurant better than anybody else. But the truth of the matter is, if you try to do everything, you're really stretching yourself thin. And uh, it's really easy that if you're taking on all this responsibility that things can get through the cracks and uh, ruin the overall experience and uh, service that you're putting out to your guests. So that's why we're going to talk about it today. Um, really what we're after is trying to, uh, you know, on top of we learned about uh, E-Myth, in E-Myth, we want to work on our restaurants, not in our restaurants, and we learned in that book, E-Myth, that uh, we use policies and procedures and systems to... Uh, kind of put those those operation manuals in place so we're not constantly having to remind people the right way to do it and having to do it ourselves. But also, in addition to be able to free ourselves up uh, to do certain things, like be the face of our restaurant, to uh, engage with guests, to constantly be, be trying to improve our restaurant, we need to also develop that skill of delegation. So uh, here are some reasons why we need to become better delegators. If you try to do everything yourself, it's only going to be a matter of time before you get burnt out and start re- resenting this job, this this uh, you know, this what we love, your passion. If it owns you, if you don't own your restaurant and your restaurant owns you, eventually you're going to resent it. So you need to be able to offload some of these responsibilities onto others so you can do what it is about your restaurant. Maybe it's cooking. Maybe it's being with the guests that you love so much so you don't hate what you're doing. So you need to offload these responsibilities, like I said, so you don't get burnt out and end up resenting your restaurant. Another reason why you need to be a better delegator is because if you get stretched too thin, uh, you're not going to be the best you can be. If you're juggling too many things and trying to run it all on your own, things are going to get past you. Uh, we, We can only catch so much if we're trying to do everything. So, What you need to do is to alleviate some of these responsibilities so you can focus on what you're good at. Um, In The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, we learn that you need to synchronize with the people around you to be interdependent. So maybe you have somebody who's working for you who's better at something than you are. That's awesome when that happens because 
you know, swallow your pride and say, hey, you do this. You're way better at this than I am. And again, another benefit is going to be when they hear that coming from you, they're going to like their job way more because they're going to feel a sense of worth and importance to your business. And uh, that will give them a purpose when they come to work. Um, and that kind of leads us into like the next uh, reason why you need to be a better delegator because it makes your team better when you groom them and make them into better workers by teaching them these skills, by giving them the opportunity to learn new things through delegation. If you've been uh, listening to the show, you remember I went over uh, Peak by Chip Connolly, a great book that you should pick up if you haven't yet. And uh, what we talk about in that book is... Uh, what he really dives into is Maslow's, Maslow's love, the hierarchy of needs. At the bottom of the pyramid, we have the most basic needs, which are survival, then security, then love and belonging. And as we're going up, the, the we're reaching the top of the pyramid here, the peak of the pyramid. We get into self-esteem and then achievement and mastery and then self-actualization and... Um, that is where the honeypot is. If you can meet your employees' higher needs, you're going to make them really happy. It's not enough just to give them a paycheck. I mean, they come to work and they they show up, then their basic needs are being met. They're not going to be happy. But when you start tapping into making them feeling loved and belonged and feeding their self-esteem, and you'll do this, their self-esteem will skyrocket when you approach them and say, hey, you know, I noticed you're really good at this. You have these incredible skills at doing whatever it is they're good at. And I want to delegate some of these responsibilities to you because I know that if you do it, it's going to make us all better. Tell me that's not going to make them feel great about themselves. And then as they start putting their skills to use and practicing and making themselves better, they're going to achieve mastery of their skills and talents, which is going to, again, further make them feel like they have purpose and they're going to be even happier. And then at the end, if you are really good at your job as a delegator, you're going to start to look into your employees' values and you'll be able to align jobs to delegate to your employees that have these jobs will have values that will parallel the values of your employees. If you can make them come to work and allow them to express their values and their purposes through the work they're doing by aligning tasks that align with their values and purposes, man, you're going to be unstoppable. So that's why it's so, so important that we are the best delegators we can be. There's really no reason why you don't want to exercise the skill of delegation and to improve upon these skills of delegation. It's going to make your restaurant better. You're going to enjoy yourself more at work and your employees are going to have a sense of purpose coming to work, which will make them happier, which will make your guests happier because they're surrounded by happy servers and cooks and hosts. It's a win-win-win for everybody. So we just covered the whys of, you know, why do we need to be a better delegator? Now let's cover the hows. So I've been talking a lot about Stephen R. Covey's, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's an incredible book. And in that book, he covers in detail how to be an amazing delegator. Uh, he suggests that there's two types of delegation. There's the go-for delegator, and then there's the stewardship delegator. Uh, a go-for delegator is somebody who just tells you to, to go do this, go get me that, go make this, go clean that. But that isn't the most effective type of delegation because you constantly have to be there and you're constantly having to spell out the things that you need your your people to do for you. It's not very effective. 
uh, it's not the most efficient way to delegate. Instead, he suggests that we become stewardship delegators. And what that means is by being a stewardship delegator, you're focusing more on the results than you are on the methods of how you want the job to be delegated. So in the book, he gives us five criteria that we need to meet to be a great stewardship delegator. The first criteria is describing the results. And you want to be specific about it. Um, You don't want to explain how to do the job. You just want to explain what the final product should look like. And this kind of, you know, taps back into the whole uh, hierarchy of needs where if you let them implement their talents and their skills, they're going to have a better sense of purpose and they're going to be happier and they're going to be better workers. Uh, It's just a really great uh, practice for a manager. So I'll be using the example of uh, delegating the task of creating the schedule for your restaurant. And I'll be implementing these five areas or these five criteria of being a great stewardship delegator. Um, The example, like I said, is making the the schedule. So maybe find somebody who is, uh, you know, like an example of, of what you want the rest of your employees to be. Maybe somebody you're looking to promote to a manager eventually. So delegate them the responsibility of making the schedule. Um, you don't want to tell them what you want done. You just say, hey, you know what? I hear there's a lot of really cool ways to do the schedule now. We've been using the system for five years. I think we can do it better. You're really resourceful and intuitive, and you have that ability just to, to catch on to things quickly. Can you do me a favor and research the best way to make a schedule? And... Um, I don't care how you do it. Uh, just make sure that you know it gets done and it looks like this, which kind of brings us into the next uh, expectation, which is establishing guidelines. Yeah, you don't want to spell it out for them, but you also don't want to give them too much lateral um, movement, meaning you have to set some guidelines up so they don't go out and buy the most expensive uh <laughs> You know, they buy the most expensive scheduling software out there and they hire a restaurant consultant to, you know, uh, give them consultation on what services are out there. You don't need all that. So um, maybe you, you provide guidelines through clearly describing your values, your policies, your legalities, the ethics, and maybe some limits, put some limits in place. And uh, some other examples I can, you know, use is saying, you know, for example, like you can make the schedule, but make sure if we only have five people on a shift at time, there's no more than three new servers because we need to have at least two experienced servers. So putting those limitations and those those like you know policies in place, so uh, whoever's making the schedule doesn't you know get too off track. And uh, lastly, before we move on to the next uh, criteria for being a great stewardship delegator we need to mention you know while we don't want to spell it out for them and show them the way to get to what you're looking for um it's okay to tell them what not to do because you've been there other people have been there they've done things that didn't work out and there's no reason why um you can't give this person you're delegating the, the task to those heads up and giving them the warning that if you're thinking about doing it this way so-and-so tried that, I've tried that, and this is what happened. You're trying to be efficient and effective, so if you you know something's not going to work, don't let them go down that road, or at least give them warning so they can make the best decision. So the next criteria we're going to talk about is uh, identifying the available resources. 
So what you know budgets or what systems and what human help is available to this person you're delegating to to make them do the job as uh, you know efficiently and effective as possible. So let's go back to our example of making the schedule. There are some resources you might have to give this person that you've delegated this task to that will get them going so they don't have to recreate the, the wheel. So maybe you have all the employee contact information that you can give this person. So when they're uh, creating the schedule, they don't have to go out and collect that all, all that information. Um, maybe you have uh, some notes on the employees as to when they're available. So you're not scheduling people during the times they're not available. Or maybe you have some pre-existing spreadsheets that you've started using that they can kind of go off of. Or maybe you did some research already and you have a list of maybe five pieces of software that offer scheduling abilities that you can, you know, get them started with. But basically, uh, or maybe here's another example. Uh, Maybe you have a mentor, somebody who's above this person who might be able to help them if they're having an issue or getting trouble getting started. Give them that resource of, of of a mentor that's there in the restaurant that can help them. So that is the third criteria. The fourth criteria is define accountability. So, um, you have to make sure this person knows that they're accountable for this role and that they're willing to pay the consequences if uh, they don't come, you know, if they don't deliver on what the predetermined goals were, the deadlines, the uh, prerequisites. That's why it's important to, you know, define that accountability and to let them know that, um, you know, I'm handing this project to you. If you accept these terms, you are then accountable. Uh, so they have to know that this isn't just a favor you're asking them. Like you're passing this responsibility onto them and they are now, it's now their responsibility. They are going to be held accountable if anything doesn't go according to plan. So it's really important that you spell that out and you're very clear about that. It's only fair. All right. The last piece of advice to be a dynamite stewardship delegator is to spell out the consequences. You need to have the conversation, why are we trying to create this new way of doing the schedule for everyone, and uh, what are the natural consequences of accomplishing or not accomplishing the desired results? So you need to know that there's an end in mind, and there's a reason why we're doing it, and that there's going to be consequences if we don't put an honest effort in and do our best. So that's it. Those are the uh, five criteria to be a spectacular stewardship delegator, but... Let's be honest, guys. It's a lot easier said than done, and I get that. Let's do a little bit of a reality check here. Um, there are no two days that are exactly alike in the restaurant world. In the perfect world, yeah, you can think of something, you can delegate it to somebody else, and you give them all the criteria we just mentioned before, and uh, they kick ass, and they do a great job, and it's a beautiful world. But let's be serious. Uh, in the real world, people call out sick. Uh, toilets clog, equipment breaks, salespeople come in, uh, surprise visits happen, people quit with no notice, uh, random guys might call you to try to be a guest on their podcast and it only takes 30 minutes, so please, uh, that's, that's me. <laughs> so basically what I'm trying to say is uh, in the restaurant world, it's not the opposite environment where we can sit down and just crank out this administrative work that we might be delegating to somebody. So... Um, what tools exist in today's time that can kind of alleviate or maybe separate those administration roles to somebody who can be someplace with no distractions and be more efficient and more effective. Um, So I have to attribute this concept to a past guest, Beth Peterson, who said, 
you know, I really think that more restaurateurs should look into applying the use of a virtual assistant. So what is a virtual assistant? It's basically somebody who works for you, but isn't on site or on premise. And now if you're asking yourself, well, how the hell is that possible? How can I have somebody do all these things I need to do in my restaurant if they're not here? It's 2014 and there's a lot of cool products and services that are free technology on your computers that can make you communicate with anybody in the world and the cost to have one of these virtual assistants are a lot more affordable than you would think. So um, for a reasonable price, and I don't want to get too specific on prices, uh, but there are some people that can help you uh, with pricing. Um, I want to say you could probably find somebody to do the jobs that are required between $10 and $15 an hour. And you just hire them at an hourly rate and uh, you can have them do things like your administration work, like social media, uh, content creation, doing multimedia stuff on your Facebook account, like creating banners and ads, or maybe it's a video, um, emailing marketing campaigns, uh, paying the bills, taking phone calls. There's services today, soft phones, where uh, no matter where you are in the world, if somebody calls your phone number, that the person that's picking up the phone and answering it can answer it from literally anywhere. Um, handling reservations, uh, people call in to make a reservation. That person, this virtual assistant, no matter where they are in the world, can handle doing things like that or just organizing uh, a future event. So, these are just a few examples of some of the administrative things that that you could assign or delegate to a virtual assistant. Um, so I'll be using the rest of this episode to just quickly share with you some of the, the free tools that exist. Not all of them are free, but many of them are free tools that exist, which will allow you to get some of these administrative uh, jobs taken care of off-site. So um, let's start with... You know, the new cloud-based POS systems and cloud-based uh, reservation systems that exist today. I'm not going to name any uh, brand names, but all you need to do is go on Google and then search cloud-based POS or cloud-based reservations. And there's so many things that are coming into market today that are cloud-based. Cloud-based meaning you can be anywhere and access your POS system or your reservations or your electronic reservations book um, remotely from a PC, tablet, or phone. So why you don't need to be in the restaurants to do work on the reservations or to uh, figure out uh, where your guests are going to be sitting that day or maybe rearranging the tables. You can literally be anywhere in the world and have that task be handled by using cloud-based POS and reservation or CRM systems. So just do the research. Again, I don't suggest any products or services none of my guests have mentioned, so I'm not going to start throwing things at you because that's not fair. Maybe we can get some people on the show talking about this, but it's really simple. Um, maybe I'll provide a future episode where we dive into some of these products, but um, just do that Google search of cloud-based POS reservation CRM systems for restaurants, and you'll be surprised at how many tools are out there that can help you with this. Uh, another really great great tool is, is Asana. And we've mentioned Asana before on the podcast. And what Asana is, it's a, a web-based uh, app that allows you to work with a team. So no matter where you are, if you're doing a team project, everybody can log on to this website or this app and work together with people to accomplish the same goals and be all working on one project at one time on uh, this team working uh, 
app. It's really cool. Um, instead of trying to explain to you all the features and how to use every aspect of this service, instead, I, I'm just going to put a, a, a link in the show notes. It's uh, asana.com uh, slash guide, and it brings you through all of the things you need to know, all the basics uh, that you need to know on how to use Asana uh, efficiently, and it gives you uh, video, video tutorials. It's really great. Uh, I checked it out earlier. It will be a huge help with getting you started. Again, just go to www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash 61, and you'll find all the links to everything that we're talking about today in the show notes. The next thing I want to talk about uh, that we'll be able to use that will help us communicate remotely and in the cloud is uh, – a few different systems that all do the same thing are they're Dropbox, OneDrive, and Google Drive. Uh, these are just some of the things I've looked into. I personally like Dropbox, but what it does, it, it allows you to access your files from anywhere in the world. So it's it's, it's basically a, a new age thumb drive. So think about your thumb drive, right? You put all of your your documents on it, your photos, your videos, whatever you want, and you can take that with you and, and upload it to any computer. Well, this is you know, kind of the same concept. Um, you save all of your files and your documents in the cloud on something like Dropbox or OneDrive or Google Drive. These are all free options, and you can access these documents no matter where you are. Or you can have anybody who has the password and username access then these documents wherever they are. So it's a really cool way to be efficient to have all of your resources at your fingertips. Um, another really cool uh, resource to kind of work better on a team to delegate these administrative roles is Google Docs. Um, Google Docs is kind of, I think it was the original uh, Google Drive, but what you can do with Google Doc, Docs, which is slightly different, you can uh, create and share work online. So now, say you have a team of people working on the same project, or you delegated a role to somebody to have them work on a project, you can go on to Google Docs and access this document that, that this person's been working on and see where they are on that on that project. I mean, doing a progress report is really, really important when delegating, checking in, and seeing how the progress is going. And with Google Docs, you can do that anywhere and leave notes on a document that somebody might be working on in red and saying, hey, good stuff. I had some notes. Just check them out. Um, and it just makes you be able to communicate 10 times better. And communication is huge when you're delegating effectively. So those are just a couple of the tools that I want to share with you. Again, virtual assistants, incredible tools. Um, you know, something that I don't really think many restaurateurs have either even considered yet. And then there's a lot of this cloud-based uh, free tools like like um, Asana, Dropbox, OneDrive, uh, Google Drive. And there's also a lot of cool scheduling tools out there, which is something I think is one of the easiest things you can delegate to somebody. Some software, just examples of some of the software that exists are uh, Shift Notes, uh, ScheduleFly, uh, and uh, Hot Schedulers. I mean, these are just a few of the examples that will allow you to work on administrative things from anywhere in the world, which is super powerful. And if you are interested in learning more about virtual assistants and uh, price points, I'm going to point you in the direction of virtualassistantassistant.com. What that is, it's basically a review site for all the different virtual assistant services that exist today. And uh, Nick Loper uh, is the founder of Virtual Assistant Assistant. And uh, he has some great resources on that website that kind of teach you what you need to know before making the move. Um, so if you are interested in making your life easier and delegating these roles to someone who's off um, 
location who won't have all those distractions we talked about, who can just focus on getting the work done, uh, check out Nick Loper and he can get you started with looking at some of the options. And if you are super, super interested in learning more about virtual assistants, tune in on Thursday because I have Nick Loper and Brian Miles of, um, you know, Nick, Nick Loper of virtual assistant assistant and Brian Miles of EA Help, which happens to be the number one ranked virtual assistant service in the nation by virtual assistant assistants. Uh, We're talking about, we're basically exploring the options and possibilities of implementing a virtual assistant in your restaurant. So uh, check that out. It's a very valuable uh, interview with great resources and uh, some great advice. And those guys really know what they're talking about. I'm excited to share that with you. And again, that's going to be live this Thursday. So check it out, www.restaurantunstoppable, episode 62. You won't regret missing that episode. So here's your homework uh, before we sign off for the day. Next time you have some you know, free time sitting at home or whatever, think about all the things you do at work that you could delegate to somebody else. Choose a task that absorbs a most of your you know, busy work, something that like, you don't necessarily need to do, but... If you were able to offload it, it would free up the most of your time and delegate it to somebody using the the practices we discussed in today's episode. And I'm telling you, uh, when you free up this time and you are able to work on your restaurant and not in your restaurant, you'll be looking for new ways to delegate all of your tasks to people. So you know that's what really separates the great restaurants with the good restaurants. Um, the owners are constantly looking for improvements on their restaurant. I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with the saying, if it isn't broke, then don't fix it. I can't say I entirely agree with that uh, mantra. Um, there's one saying, and uh, I just want to share it with you. It's a Japanese saying, and it, it goes, it's, uh, it's uh, Kizen, I believe, or Kizen, or Kizen. And it's a Japanese business philosophy of continuous improvement of working practices. So <clears throat> when you find a better way to do something, do it. But don't settle with that better way. Constantly push to find an even better way. And delegating to your your employees and making them better by uh, increasing upon their skill sets, your restaurant's going to be unstoppable. I'm telling you, it's a just very powerful uh, concept to constantly be pushing yourself to be better. And the last suggestion, the last thing, is, and it's not coming from me, it's coming from other people that I admire and look up to. You have to constantly be pushing yourself personally and inwardly your your inner self and by educating yourself and reading books and to try to master uh what you know about this world we live in and the best way to do that is through just reading and if you don't have the time to read i'm telling you audio books will change your life um there's just they're so easy to absorb the content and um if you haven't tried out an audiobook yet head over to a www audibletrial.com slash unstoppable and you can get a free audiobook today and if you don't like it the book you're listening to you can return it and try a new one and it's all free and if you really just don't like the concept of audiobooks cancel your membership there's no charge but you owe it to yourself to have access to this amazing resource to absorb information to make yourself better to make your restaurant better one of my favorite sayings is leaders are readers so Go out there, absorb some content, make yourself better, and uh, strive for that personal growth. And all those books that I mentioned in today's episode, like Peak, like Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and um, other great books like Danny Meyer's Setting the Table, all these books, if you haven't read them, they're all available on audio, and you can 
chew through one of these books easily in one day while getting other things done. Talk about efficiency. So I wouldn't talk about it unless I didn't wholeheartedly believe in the power of it. And uh, that's the truth. That's all I want to talk about today. Uh, don't forget to check out all the show notes at www.restaurantunstoppable.com slash 61. You can find links to all the tools and services that we t- discussed in today's episode, including the links to uh, Virtual Assistant Assistant. And I'm telling you, Nick, is uh, he, he knows this stuff. He'll get you pointed in the right direction. Um, and that's all I got. So until next time, peace out.